What's up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to episode number 45 of the Spun Today podcast. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz. Thank you very much for listening. In this episode, I read and reflect on some free writing, which is located at spuntoday.com forward slash free writing, in case you want to check it out and read it yourself. I also get into Tesla's new Model 3 which is priced at $35,000. And SpaceX and NASA's historic and successful landing of a rocket at sea, at sea, watching Cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson on Netflix and getting to see Duncan Trussell live at Gramercy Theater in New York City, which was a real treat. So that's what this episode is going to be about. If you're into this type of stuff, Stick around. If you're not, stick around anyway. You might learn something new or might bump into something that you might become interested in. So stick around. And if not, then whatever, bounce. All right. So the Tesla Model 3. I put a link in the episode notes for you guys to check it out. You can also go to my website, sponsoraycom forward slash podcast forward slash 045, which is this episode. And all the notes to be there. You guys can click on like all the links and shit there as well. And pretty much I wanted to speak about it because it's dope. And I'm a big fan of the Tesla Model S, I think is the... Yeah, Tesla Model S, if I'm not mistaken, is the second car released by Tesla. For those of you that don't know, uh, Tesla is a uh, Elon uh, Musk company. He started it. He's still like 22% owner or something like that, if I'm not mistaken, because it's a public company now. And, you know, uh, Elon Musk is the guy behind PayPal, innovated the way people uh, interact uh, commerce-wise and, you know, pay for shit on the internet. And he also started uh, Tesla, which is this very ambitious uh, electric car company to take away the stigma of electric cars in terms of them being slow or not as efficient and not not you know they don't look as dope as you know muscle cars or other like import cars or whatever or fancier cars and you know stuff like that um and he's thus far been pretty successful the stock is doing great uh there's been like big dips and and um they've run into certain issues for example, with their with their SUV that recently came out, uh, there was like a year long delay in anticipated like delivery dates of them or some shit like that, which is a big blow. Um, but they didn't anticipate so much. Uh, I guess they you know supply couldn't keep up with demand basically. So that's what it boils down to. Hopefully they work out those kinks for this next rollout because it is supposed to be slated for like the. Uh, mass consumption you know hence the the lower price point but anyway back to the model s is dope it looks it's sleek it's it's sexy it looks you know like a like a lexus would or or a benz or, or a bmw like a dope fancy car like that and it's electric completely electric not like the hybrid you know gas and electric cars um and elon musk is definitely like a like a brilliant billionaire 
ambitious dude that that's like admirable um and he takes on these these like next level type projects um he aside from like the tesla car company he's also the person that started spacex which is a rocket ship company for those those of you that that they don't know which I'm, i'm gonna mention next which works closely with nasa and um also uh solar city which is uh electric electric like panel you know to get electric panels like on the roof of your house and and just alternate forms of energy in terms of electric so it all kind of ties together um so with the electric vehicle and you know he's like super environmentally conscious and and which is why he's trying to take away the stigma from from electric cars just being like shitty looking cars and shitty performance uh performing cars and kind of like break that mold so he pretty much did that the first car that they came out was was a tesla roadster the really high-end fancy looking you know uh like a ferrari looking type car and um that's like to break that that mold or that concept then the uh s-type which is the luxury vehicle came out which is super dope super successful it's the one i don't know if you guys know that in the interior like the the center console right on the dashboard it has like a huge uh it looks like an ipad that controls like everything in the car like where the radio and you know ac and all that shit would be um and it just looks like really dope like a computer screen right there um and it's a very nice looking car expensive i think it's like uh like eighty five thousand sixty five to eighty five thousand or something like that i think is the the price point for it then he came out with the i believe it's model x um and that is the suv which recently came out and that's the one that had the issues with production uh in terms of like supply meeting meeting demand um people reserved it i think like a year or two in advance and there was like a year-long delay in actually granting those deliveries as of late they've been meeting them and that's a dope looking jeep i don't like jeeps i don't like suvs it's never been my thing the only one i actually really liked and only from the exterior because inside it just looked uh pretty vanilla pretty pretty like dingy and and not dingy but like plasticky and not luxury type was a range rovers which outside i think uh exterior wise looks dope uh, this I could say is the second SUV that I like that just looks fucking awesome outside and inside, um, comfortably seats has like seven people. Um, it has, and they're all like bucket seats, just like the, like the, you know, the front, uh, passenger driver seats. You have three of those in the middle and then in the back row, you have two more and it just looks sick. It's sleek. It's sexy, um, inside and out and then out uh the back doors uh they introduced something called falcon wing doors which just like if you look at the car with the doors open like from the front really looks like a fucking falcon flying in the air like it looks sick they're like delorean style you know open upward type of doors and they require less clearance than regular doors that you know like if you open up a regular car door it extends out what like like three feet three and a half feet this one since it opens up and out only needs uh one foot of clearance on each side so that's sick it looks dope and 
it's just a sick looking jeep i have no idea how much that one is but i think um because of like the production issues in terms of like meeting meeting the demand you could like reserve one or something you can't like just outright buy it um and then that brings me to the model three which again links are in the episode notes for this and you guys can check it out it looks really dope uh, check out the pictures the specs um something that i really really aside from you know being environmentally conscious completely electric and and stuff like that uh something that that really speaks to me that i think is dope about what elon musk and uh the tesla company is doing is that above all they're they're like very big on safety and all car companies say this you know safest in this class blah 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 um safest in in most areas and blah 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 um but if you look into their actual safety ratings which is let's take for example let me give you two examples uh 2016 honda accord has an overall safety rating of five stars out of five stars Uh, but when you break down for example from a frontal crash it's only four stars from a side crash it's five stars on a rollover it's also five stars then if you take an acura tsx it's uh, not rated from a frontal crash side crash not rated and a rollover it is rated at five stars so uh, from a safety perspective they make it a point at tesla to make sure that across the board all uh ratings all safety ratings are at one second are at uh five stars across the board which is which is dope you know that's awesome to hear that's definitely something that you want um and the car really is a nice looking car really really nice like fancy looking nice uh dope car and this is again this is the uh, the Model 3 is meant to be for mass consumption, for uh, us regular folk to be able to to afford it. And it's uh, priced at $35,000, uh, the base model. Which is not like chump change or anything like that. Um, but definitely much more realistic than, uh, let's say, like the Model S being at 85000 or or something like that. And... One of the other coolest things about them is uh, about Tesla is that they want to work with uh, all the other uh, big name uh, auto companies, uh, you know, like uh, Mercedes. I believe that they're working with them already, uh, BMW, um, to try to get them more so into the the electric uh, car game, which is a very small portion of the market share. So they want them, you know, they're uh, supposedly like open source with their with their technologies and stuff because they really want to move away from the dependence on fossil fuels uh, in terms of of the auto industry here in the U.S. So and uh, around the world, because, you know, they're they're operational in, in many other countries as well. And in terms of convenience, they have um they're build they're doubling the amount of charging stations uh throughout the world and you, you guys could all check it out again there's the link in the episode notes i'm not going to bore you with the details that i probably can't explain as good um but it's something that's dope that 
um, that I'm into in terms of like technology and just um, everything that that company stands for. So now let's take a look at the next uh, Elon Musk company over here that I have to speak about, which is SpaceX. SpaceX, for those of you that don't know, is a rocket ship company that works together with NASA in their, if you thought Tesla was ambitious or, or I thought Tesla was ambitious, the goal of SpaceX is for basically, and it's on in like the, the main page of their website, of uh, the goal of SpaceX is to have uh, humans, human, I forget how they word it, but it's human interplanetary, um, whatever it's called, for us to live on other planets, <laughs> which is, which is beyond ambitious and like a bonkers type of thought. Um, but it's so dope and awesome that certain people are thinking that way. And, um, basically, uh, what happened here with, uh, this successful, successful launch is, uh, is a couple fold. So there's a, a rocket that get shot into space, which had a dragon, which had a, uh, sending, ugh, I'm butchering the shit out of this. A rocket ship. All right. So a rocket shoots into space. It has like some sort of pod or what, I don't know what the technical term for it is, but, um, that gets split off from the rocket and then the rocket either disintegrates or blows up or whatever. And the, the pod continues going and that is aimed towards our space station. Our space station then in turn opens up, um, some sort of mechanical arm and catches this pod. And that pod has with it, a shitload of supplies and and food and and stuff that the astronauts that are in the space station need, and um, in this delivery, uh, created by a and a private company called Bigelow Aerospace, is a bedroom sized inflatable room, basically, which uh, they say is going to change the way that astronauts are able to live and function in space. Uh, which is just sick in and of itself. And uh, what's even crazier with these, uh, which this is, this is like the best argument for why certain industries and certain, certain things work better um, when private companies are involved. Um, Ethical private companies are involved that aren't just in it to like juice shit. And for example, uh, NASA was expecting to have similar inflatable habitats on Mars, for example, uh, like this this uh, bedroom, which is uh, the first of its kind, um, that it's going to be inflated in the in the space station that we have floating up there, and uh, NASA, you know, being government funded, has had this idea to have these inflatable habitats on Mars in a couple of decades, so at least twenty years. This private company, Bigelow Aerospace, which is not working with them, um, has a goal to have this, uh, have these uh, inflatable habitats on Mars in four years. So there's a tremendous benefit to us, to all of us, to have these types of companies doing this type of shit, which is really dope. And not just relying on the government for it, especially when they can work in unison like that. So this is a definite awesome example of 
of that type of relationship being a, a successful one. And so this pod also sends back, uh, when sent back to uh, the earth and the earth's atmosphere and is pretty much shot down and lands somewhere in the ocean, then has to be recovered, et cetera, et cetera, is sent back with things, uh, you know, pieces of space material, if you will, another technical term that uh, the astronauts are gathering while out there in outer space, which obviously lets us know more or let scientists know more about um, our universe and just furthers our, our understanding. Now, the awesome historical portion of this entire thing Uh, besides you know the inflatable uh habitats and like shit like that which are on the way is the fact that spacex again uh elon musk's other company is was able to successfully instead of having the rocket after it shot up into space you know blow up or disintegrate or whatever it gets it was uh able to shoot back down into earth and successfully land pinpoint land in the middle of the sea on a, um, I forget what it's called, but there was some sort of platform like in the middle of the sea and they were able to successfully land it. This is the second time that they've been able to do it. Um, after the rocket, you know, shot, shot the pot out into outer space and why this is so, so monumental and important aside from the fact that it's sick as fuck. Imagine a rocket ship, you know, getting shot into space and then um pretty much we would just lose it after that um but imagine it just returning back and landing like on a specific predetermined point in the middle of the sea and what that means in terms of you know being able uh to to retrieve like the other pod like once it comes back and and shit like that and just like I mean, just like me thinking with absolutely no fucking scientific base aside from, you know, just being fascinated with this type of shit and like outer space stuff and and technology and things like that. The ambitious goal that we referenced earlier of having the ability to colonize other planets, you could fast forward to that point in time and just look back at this being like a seminal moment in that you know the ability to just shoot rockets into outer space and actually return them safely and aside from that the you know it's super 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 expensive um which is why nasa for example uh with their uh small budget compared to to uh, like the U.S. Uh, d- defense budget or something like that. It's like literally pennies uh, on the dollar co- in comparison. Um, which is why, you know, with that lack of funding, which is why they can't, they're something that a private company is able to do with all, you know, all of its resources aimed at that specific goal is able to do something in four years versus 20 years for NASA is because, you know, they have to handle everything basically. But now that these private companies are involved, um, you there's going to be like a huge accel- acceleration in in the these type of things and in the possibility of colonizing other planets and um, going to Mars and 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 stuff like that. And to give you guys a specific example, in cost savings, 
the Falcon 9, which was a rocket that was that SpaceX shot out to uh, make this delivery for NASA, was $60 million to build that rocket. And it cost uh, $200,000 to fuel it. So pretty much before, it was like $60 million to send something out into outer space. That's it. Sunk cost. Period. Um, now it's $60 million which is cheaper, by the way, than, than NASA was able to do it before. Um, but $60 million, uh, to to build the rocket, get shot out into space, but now you don't lose that $60 million. It's not a sunk cost anymore because the ship is coming, the rocket ship is coming back and you're able to reuse it again. Now, there are uh, going to be costs with, you know, making sure it's up to code and making sure, you know, it there's extreme temperatures and temperature changes that a rocket ship goes through when it's going through our atmosphere and into space and vice versa and coming back. But those costs are estimated to be like half a million dollars, so 500000 So you're looking at a cost of, let's say that 500000 let's say it's a million, let's double it. It's a million. And then 200000 to fuel it, to shoot it back up again. Let's say it's a million, uh, 1.2 million uh, cost in that versus 60 million so if you extrapolate that and just see there's a cost savings of like 59 million each time and the fact that we'll be able to successfully not just do this you know twice a year type of thing to to explore stuff in, in space but the fact that um spacex already said that the next one they expect to shoot up is in the end of may 2016 with another one in the summertime or actually did they say I think end of April and then again in May or at the end of May and then again, like sometime in June or July, something like that. But they're doing this, you know, month, you know, several times a year now, as opposed to once a year, twice a year, um, which was the, uh, the budgetary um, constraint before uh, what that uh, budgetary constraint allowed for. So it's just sick. And and again, people doing stuff like this, people like Elon Musk are super inspirational um and they are definitely we're we're definitely lucky to have people like that doing what they do so moving right along with the fanboy stuff and speaking about outer space and just being fascinated i was watching cosmos which is on netflix which is really cool because i remember stumbling upon the show um i heard like uh, some side reference of it from neil degrasse tyson um i maybe like on Bill Maher or just like following uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson on Twitter or something like that. And I bumped into, so I, I forgot how I was watching it, but I watched like the first like five episodes months ago um, and really enjoyed it. But then like I fell off and I couldn't remember, like it was like on some, I don't know if it was like, it wasn't on YouTube, but it was on some site that I couldn't find again that like had them on for free or, or some shit like that. Anyway, they're on Netflix, so very accessible, very awesome, and really cool. And if you are into space at all or or just uh, scientific history type of thing, but like in a really cool, dope way, definitely check out the show. It's called Cosmos, C-O-S-M-O-S, and it's narrated. It's a, it's a remake of Carl Sagan's uh, show, Cosmos, by the same name, in the 70s. And Neil deGrasse Tyson is pretty much in place of Carl Sagan here, um, which uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has a really interesting Carl Sagan story 
um, that's the, the person that inspired him to become uh, an astrophysicist. And uh, he met him like when he was a kid and he, you know, wrote down on a piece of paper something inspirational to him and like pretty much shot him off in the trajectory of becoming who he is today. And Neil deGrasse Tyson is like just a gem. He's like a generational treasure and absolutely uh, a cool, dope individual that is able to take science and like next level uh, brainy shit and just fucking tell it to you in a very digestible, understandable way um, and uh, an entertaining way. Uh, through his show Cosmos or through his podcast also, which he has called Star Talk Radio. And I don't know, I'm into space. I'm into shit like that. Nerdy stuff like that sometimes. So if you guys have any interest whatsoever, check it out. It's not just like space stuff. He gets into like how fucking telescopes were made, which I guess technically is space stuff. But um, just understand like the history of certain things like that, especially back in the day when, when um, like religions, you know, ruled and uh the word of god and and the bible or whatever sacred text you're into um was like the end all be all of everything and then people like the faradays and and just people in general that would dare to challenge the status quo and uh move moved us as a as a species really along um by doing so it's just like an interesting interesting thing to to get into and learn from and um you guys should check it out if you're into that kind of thing and moving right along once again if you're into cool heady type of things uh, i got to see duncan trussell uh comedian duncan trussell who is currently on a a lot of city tour um sponsored by squarespace he is, I think it's like 30 or 50 cities that, that he's doing, like back to back to back, uh, which is pretty sick. Uh, he was here in New York on April 9th, and I got to go see him. I uh, went with my fiance, and he was at Gramercy Theater, and it was pretty cool. Um, it was dope to see him. He was the last one of my, I guess, like my favorite reoccurring podcast guests that I've been uh, put on to uh, listening to Rogan's podcast. And he was like the last one that, that I hadn't seen yet. And it was, it was a, a real treat. Uh, Duncan Trussell has a, a cool podcast that, um, if you're into, let me see if you're into like meditation and fucking psychedelics and, and like just heady trippy type of point of view on things. He's definitely the podcast to listen to. Um, he interviews like Buddhist monks and well, I don't know if they're monks, but um, practitioners and and uh, you know comics also because he's a comic and and just people that are into that type of like heady you know thinking in in different dimensional fucking ways and and just like a, a next level different type of perspective on things that you may not consider. And you might listen to and be like, that's crazy as fuck. Or you might listen to and think it's dope as fuck. And, you know, I'm of the mentality that you can definitely get something from everything. Uh, not that you necessarily will, but that you absolutely can if you're open to it. And I love hearing different perspectives like that, especially with things that fascinate me. Like like all the type of shit that, that he speaks about. So 
Uh, that was really cool. So I recommend if he's coming to your city, to your town for you guys to check him out uh, while you can. And, you know, he's a comic, so um, he tours regularly anyway. Um, but uh, as of late, he's been much more into into his stand-up and from what I gather. So he's doing it more frequently. And now's the, the time to, to check him out if you want to. Had a really good time. And with the exception of... And this is just a quick point that I want to make. Annoying fucking faggots that sat behind us in the theater. And I don't mean faggot, by the way, as a derogatory term towards uh, homosexuals or whatever. I mean it in a, like, bitch, annoying, asshole, dickhead type of way. And the fact that they happen to be gay is just a huge coincidence. (laughs) <laughs> but the point is i h- fucking hate people sometimes y'all people are not aware of their surroundings enough uh you know maybe f- i'm just being too anal or, or or i don't know but yo you're in a fucking pack theater it's you know it's not the most comfortable you're not in a fucking lazy boy seat just be aware of your fucking surroundings stop talking especially during a fucking show and it's not like oh did you hear what he said that she was funny even something like that would be annoying but these motherfuckers are eating chips in fucking bags bags of chips which in and of itself is fucking annoying when you're trying to listen to a show fucking eating chips and they're literally having conversations of oh what kind of chips are those oh they smell different oh the fuck is it cheese or ranch like what the fuck who gives a shit are you serious and then one of them just had a fucking annoying fucking laugh which whatever you know probably can't do anything about that but that that was just like the if it was just that it's tolerable because whatever it's out of your control right the way you fucking laugh but just a loud bellowing fucking annoying laugh on top of all that other shit is just was still just like fuck man and what else oh kicking the chair in front of you you fucking pieces of shit and this goes for anybody else who goes to like movie theaters and shit like that there's unless, unless you weigh a thousand pounds you're part of fucking my 600 pound life or whatever the fuck there's no way that you your foot should ever touch or tap the front seat even if you're in a tight ass fucking airplane be cognizant of your fucking feet and don't tap the seat in front of you um so that was another annoying thing the only the only um i guess karmic thing that made me a little bit more okay with the whole thing is that one of them of course got up like three times in the middle of the thing to go get drinks and we were like next to some stairs and as he was walking up the stairs he busted his ass and swelled his drink all over the place and it was embarrassing for him and 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 funny for everyone else um so that was like instant karma right there i guess but just fuck man like it was a really it would have been a great show if it wasn't for them it was still a really good show but People like that just lower the appreciation level, in my opinion, for everyone else. Um, so if you're a dickhead like that, try not to be and be cognizant of your surroundings when you're around other fucking people. And you know what the sad part is? This motherfucker probably, or both of the dudes, probably enjoyed the show more than anyone else with complete and utter disregard for everyone else. And that's just sad that and that reason alone is why i'm happy that uh one of them busted their ass and 
fucking spilled his drinks and shit. <sighs> but anyway, enough of that. Let's do some free writing. Well, some reading of free writing and reflecting on it. <laughs> All right, the first one I'm going to read is called Don't Worry. And it's posted on spuntoday.com forward slash free writing on April 10th, 2016 is when I posted it onto the site. And it goes, when you begin to worry, stop, take a deep breath, think about what you're worrying is accomplishing. After you determine the inevitable answer, nothing, move on to focus your time, energy, and emotional state towards fixing whatever it was or is that made you so upset start with the root cause how did this happen what caused the occurrence to take place then take the proper steps to eliminate that catalyst a lot of what we worry about and concern ourselves with is fixable with the correct approach the things that aren't in our control that we tend to worry about the quote bigger things won't shift in either direction due to our worrying so focus on positioning yourself to be in a better state of mind and place to handle the repercussions as they occur easier said than done but doable i wrote that on tuesday may 26 2015 at seven fifty six a.m and I think the main takeaway from this, and this is something that I definitely have to practice much more of, you know, a lot of the shit that I write about, I'm literally writing it to myself and, um, you know, just as anyone else, I don't take my advice as much as I should. And, um, we should all do a better job of that. Definitely. I should. So a main takeaway from this and where I think I get caught up when I do begin to worry about things that are out of my control or even things that are in my control is that I don't take that very important step of stopping to figure out what, what it is that um, not what it is that I'm worrying about, but what it is that caused what I'm worrying about. So that line there that says start with the root cause and literally ask yourself what uh, or rather, how did this happen? Whatever it is that you're worrying about. And what caused that thing to happen? To tr get to the root cause, the root catalyst of what it is. Whether it's a person that uh, just makes you feel shitty, then the answer to that question is cut off that person. And then you won't have that input of a person making you feel shitty. If you tell someone that you don't feel you could cut off, then speak to that person and let them know how you feel and how they're making you feel shitty. Um, if you, if you want to take that approach, um, if it's, uh, you know, lack of doing something that, you know, you should be doing like exercising or eating right, or, or, you know, you have a stomach ache because you just ate something that, that, you know, you shouldn't be eating, then you know what the issue is, you know? So identify the issue. I think it's super, super important to be able to identify it. And then with, you know, willpower and, you know, forcing yourself to basically, get rid of that thing so once you could determine what it is it's and you're honest with yourself about determining it i think you're in a much better position to do something about it and uh to eliminate it 
and then you have the the bigger thing story about like a death of a loved one or something like that which is um something that i always struggle with and constantly think about and it's it's you know you can't do anything about that nobody can and dwelling on it and focusing on it like it says here doesn't shift the possibility of it happening uh, in either direction. It doesn't make it less probable or more probable. So you're adding pretty much your own stressor to the situation for something that can be changed when, in fact, what you should be doing is focusing your attention and abilities to spending more time with that person or or, you know, if it's if it's something else that's out of your control, uh, you know, you let's say you're worried about getting fired or something like that. Um, focus your your energy and time on becoming a better employee. Or if you're worried about, you know, starting your own business, focus on on making that business better or more efficient or making better use of your time and being able to dedicate more to it and and stuff like that. And just position yourself to be in a better mind state in in terms of you know you knowing that you you gave it your all or that you're giving it your all and um just in a position in general to take the repercussions and roll with the punches as they come in that's my take on that and the next one that i'm gonna read is also posted to the website on april 10th 2016 in case you guys want to check it out at spuntoday.com forward slash free writing and it's titled start off the day with something that you love and it goes set serious time aside for what you want to be doing in life when you wake up every morning make it the first thing that you do why not start the day off with something that you love have to wake up and go to work so wake up earlier to do what you love and start the day off right if not stop kidding yourself you have a full-time job and a part-time hobby. Let's work on flipping that equation. Set specific time apart for your part-time hobby and make it a part-time job. I just read that like a robot. (laughs) Set specific time apart for your part-time hobby and make it a part-time job. We have to put in that level of work to make it to the next stage. Then with enough work and dedication, that hobby that we love will transform from a part-time job to a full-time job, replacing the full-time job we have because of necessity. Then, voila, we wind up with a full-time hobby, and that sounds perfect to me. Let's give it a whirl. I wrote that on Sunday, May 24th, 2015, at 10.01 a.m. Now, with that, I... Again, it's one of the other many things that I don't fully take my own advice on i definitely did implement you know waking up earlier and you know this is this is dependent obviously on what it is that you want to be doing and with me let's say it's writing or not let's say with me it's writing and with you let's say it's something that you can't do early in the morning for whatever reason you can only do it in the evenings then set aside time in the evenings or if you know it's in the middle of the day or whatever it is then do it all day, every day on weekends or something like that. Um, everyone has their, everyone has the ability to do certain things like that, like stay up late and wake up early. And it's just a matter of will and wanting to do it. 
and not just wanting to do it, but actually doing it. So when I say, for example, that I don't fully take my advice on this, I do partially. And in terms of waking up early, earlier, you know, I have a full time, you know, nine to five. But I wake up instead of waking up at like 730 to get ready for 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 work and, you know, take the train and shit like that. I wake up at uh, 656 or 615 in the morning and that's when I have my alarm set for. So I wake up, I get like a half hour to an hour worth of writing in in the mornings. And, you know, that's on a good day when I actually don't click the snooze button. But there are those days where I do just click the snooze button and wake up at 7.30. And sometimes it's two to three days a week I click the snooze button. Sometimes it's uh, I wake up every day during the week. Sometimes I'll spend, I'll only wake up one day during the week to write. I'll wake up early. And it sucks, you know, when, at, you know, I try to like keep myself honest with what, you know, I tweet my calendar out um to to you guys or anybody else who follows me and it's kind of like a self-motivational type of tool and i tweet out my calendar with you know check marks and x marks on days that i wrote versus days that i didn't write and the goal is to um have it above you know 50 percent obviously of the days and just to make the next month more of a writing month than this past month and so forth and, you know, there's some months that are going to slump and I and out of fucking 30 days, I wrote, you know, 15 or 16 of the days. Um, then there's other months that out of 30 days, I wrote, you know, 25 of the, of the days. And, you know, you can obviously just do 100 percent of what you want every single time. You know, there are there are other factors at play and, and, and things that come into it. But a lot of the time, um, you know, and I'll. I could only use myself as an example there. It's just laziness. It's just pure, sheer laziness, pure, sheer, not having the will to just get the fuck up and not click snooze and do what you got to do. So what I'm saying basically and what I think is that wanting to do something, but looking at the, like, if I look at my calendar at the end of the month and I see, you know, out of 30 days, I wrote nine or 10 of those days out of the 30 and the other days I didn't, it's like, I don't really want it. So don't stop kidding yourself. You, this month is a reflection of you not wanting it. If you want it, flip that shit around and make sure that next month you write 20 to 25 days out of the month. And then you could say, yeah, I want it. Look, I'm trying. You know what I mean? But if you you have like that lackluster type of effort, stop kidding yourself. Because I, I think it's actually hurting saying you know, I want to be a writer, or I want to lose weight, or I want to do this, or I want to do that, and you don't write, or you don't go to the gym, and you don't, because, like, in your mind, you're, like, telling yourself that you want it, so you think that that's doing something, and you think that that is, is having some sort of effect, but you don't. If you're not doing it, you don't want it, so don't say that you want it, because if you want it, you'd be doing it, and, um, yeah, <laughs> that's what, that's what I get from that. And like I said, guys, if you guys want to check out more free writing like that, definitely check out my website, which is all posted on there for free, spuntoday.com forward slash free writing. And you have a bunch of other stuff there. And also check out my book, which is on my website, spuntoday.com forward slash books. And you can find it on Amazon as well. It's called Make Way For You, Tips For Getting Out Of Your Own Way. And it's full of this same type of thing. 
um, same type of motivation and inspiration and and uh, little kicks in the ass uh, whenever you need it. Please rate and review the podcast whenever you have a chance on iTunes and or Stitcher. Uh, follow me on social media. You can find all my links at spuntoday.com. But um, social media, I'm like at spuntoday on Twitter and on Instagram, Facebook, the whole nine. Sign up to the Midday Monday Boost Letter, which uh, you can sign up at just by entering your email address at spuntoday.com forward slash newsletter forward slash newsletter or forward slash subscribe one of the two but you guys will find it on my website and um pretty much it's uh midday monday boost uh just to give you guys a boost in the beginning of the week so we can start the week off right and it just has five different points being a picture of the day video of the day podcast of the day um uh what else uh, inspirational quote of the day and a word of the day because i'm into words and i like learning new words and I want to share some cool, interesting ones that I come along with you guys. So check that out. Again, it's the newsletter. It's on my website and it doesn't cost you anything. You just get one a week on Mondays, midday Monday. And that's pretty much it, folks. That's episode number 45 of the Spun Today podcast. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz. Thank you, as always, for listening. And as always, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening.